right. We're, we have uh, Dan giving us the word. We are actually kickstarting a new series um, starting today. Um, it's called the I Am series, and these are the kind of seven statements of the I Ams of Jesus. And so we are going to explore what these I Am statements mean. And today, Dan is going to kick us, uh, kick us, kickstart us off with John six on Jesus saying, "I am the bread of life." So today's uh, scripture reading is found in John chapter 6, verses 35 to 39. I will be reading from the Amplified Bible. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore. But as I told you, although you have seen me, still you do not believe and trust and have faith. All whom my Father gives to me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will most certainly not cast out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose, but to do the will and purpose of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should not lose any of all that he has given me, but that I should give new life and raise them all up at the last day. This is the word of the Lord. Hello, my friends, and uh, welcome to a new sermon series on the seven I Am Statements of Jesus Today I'm going to be preaching on the first of the seven statements. I just want to say right off the bat, I've already recorded this sermon, but my audio mic completely cut out through most of it. So I'm trying a new mic and I have to hold it in front of my face like this. So I apologize if that's weird, but it's just what has to be done. All right. So we're going through the seven I am statements of Jesus. Seven times in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, I am, and then he describes himself with a different metaphor. I am the good shepherd. I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Today we're going to be looking at the first time that Jesus does this when he says, I am the bread of life. Now in Jewish culture, bread is a staple food. Everyone eats bread. It's eaten every day. It's the most common food. When Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Not daily food. He says daily bread. Bread is everything in Jewish culture. If Jesus arrived in other cultures, you know, he might have said something like, give us this day our daily noodles, or our daily rice, or in some cultures maybe our daily beans, or our daily hummus. But for Jews, when Jews think about bread, they think about life. It's the one, it's one of the key ingredients that sustains life. We got air, we got water, we got bread. Now, in the Gospel of John, Jesus wants to show the Jewish people that he is the Messiah, the chosen one of God sent to liberate Israel. He begins performing public signs revealing who he is and revealing his power. He turns water into wine. He heals a a royal official's dying son, and he heals a paralyzed man. And in John chapter 6, we read about a great crowd that saw these signs of Jesus, and now they're following him. And Jesus turns to his disciple, Philip, and he says, 
where should we buy food for these people to eat? But Jesus doesn't really want to buy bread. He actually has something else planned. Philip responds, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. That's how big this crowd is. Bread is not expensive. It's one of the cheapest foods in this time. But the crowd is so big that it was that it would cost more than a half a year's wages. And Jesus takes this opportunity to give his followers another sign that he is the Messiah, the chosen one of God. He takes five loaves of bread and two fish, and he miraculously multiplies them, feeding the crowd of over 5,000 people. There's so much food. After everyone has eaten, the disciples gather 12 basketfuls of leftovers. This is an amazing experience. Jesus really demonstrates his power in this moment. And in verse 14, we read, After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. So Israel at this time is living in a state of oppression. The Roman Empire has control over them, and poverty is a reality for many of them. So to see Jesus producing so much bread is the answer to their prayers. They want him to be king over them. But this is not the vision that Jesus has in mind. So he leaves and he goes into seclusion. Now the next day in verse 25 we read, When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of God, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. So Jesus doesn't beat around the bush here. He doesn't even answer their question. He just gets right to the chase. Very truly I tell you, you say you're looking for me, but not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. This is a group of people that on the surface looks like they believe in Jesus. They're following him everywhere. They're scrambling in boats across lakes to be with him. They call Jesus a prophet, a king, a rabbi. But they don't actually love Jesus. They just love what he provides. They wanted to use Jesus to get their own way. Rather than believing in Jesus, they're believing in the bread that he can provide. And Jesus just calls them out on it. Jesus says, do not work for food that spoils but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. What Jesus is saying here, he's performed this miracle not simply to feed the people in this moment, he's doing this as a sign of something deeper. All they see is bread, but the bread is pointing to something spiritually significant. The Messiah is here. This is the Lamb of God. This is the Chosen One. Jesus is the nourishment that goes beyond physical food. But unfortunately, these people are moved by full bellies and not by full hearts, as Leon Morris comments on his in his commentary. Let's continue reading. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. 
So they asked him, What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus told them to work for food that doesn't spoil. And so naturally they ask, well, what works does God require of us? They're looking for practical instructions. They're they're asking Jesus to give them a to-do list so that they can check things off and ensure we're going to keep getting this sweet, sweet bread. That's the natural response. And it's one that's appropriate for a Jew. They've been taught that man does not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So for a faithful Jew, following the Old Testament, following the law of Moses, these are the things that are the works God requires of them to do. It's possible that they're starting to look deeper than bread, and they're asking Jesus to tell them specifically what laws of Moses they should be doing. But Jesus takes their request for food, and he boils it down to just one, oh sorry, takes their request for works, and he boils it down to just one work. Just giving you one work. And that's believe. Believe in the one that God sent to them. All you have to do is believe. It's that simple. So then they ask him for a sign so they can believe in him. And at this point, Jesus must have just smacked his head. I just gave you a sign. I fed over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. What do you mean you want a sign? And the sign that they're asking for is literally what Jesus just did. When the Israelites were wandering the wilderness after being freed from slavery in Egypt, God gave them manna, which is bread from heaven, to feed them. And they missed the point. I just did that. I just fed you, just like Moses fed you. But they mistakenly attribute the miracle to Moses. Jesus corrects them in the next verse. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives light to the world, life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Another forehead smack from Jesus, I'm sure. I just said earlier, believe in the one God sent to you. And now I'm saying God has sent down bread from heaven to give life to this world. Give us this bread, they say, but I can just hear Jesus screaming in the next verse. I am the bread of life. Me. I'm the bread of life. What are you talking about? Give you more bread. I'm the bread. Jesus said, Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, as I told you, you have seen me, you've seen me, and still you do not believe. Jesus himself is the bread. He's the food. He's the sustenance that nourishes spiritual life. It's only from this bread that we really obtain life. But the crowd of people just don't get it. This is so remarkable. They've seen the power that Jesus has. But they don't think there's anything special about him personally. Once again, they want his power, but they don't care about him. Jesus and the crowd continue to have this back and forth, but the people just can't accept what Jesus is saying. Jesus is telling them that they can have eternal life if they believe in him. 
But it's more than just believing in Jesus. The original Greek wording throughout John is actually believe into. To believe in something is to believe that it's a real or a true fact. You know, the demons, they believed in Jesus. They believed the fact that he was the Son of God. But they didn't believe into Jesus. Into is a move is moving from accepting something as real or a fact to actively participating in the reality of that thing. You know, like bread. I can believe that bread is real. But when I believe into bread, that's when I move towards it. That's when I put the bread in my mouth and trust that that bread will give me energy and strength and life for the day ahead. What Jesus is looking for is those who will trust in him as the bread. Those that will look to him for a deep relationship with him, not with the literal things that he provides. Well, Jesus continues, All those the Father gives me will come to me. Whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all those he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that, for, is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. Later on, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which anyone may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus says that he is the bread of life, living bread that came down from heaven. And if we eat him, we will live forever. Now, he doesn't mean we literally need to eat him. To eat him is a metaphor for embracing and putting all our trust into him. When we take in the words of Jesus, we're trusting that the way he is leading us in will lead us to eternal life. To believe into Jesus is to participate in a relationship with him to surrender our lives to him, to commit to following him with our whole hearts. And we do this because we believe into him as the bread of life. But this group, they just can't get past the sign. They can't get past the metaphor. All they keep thinking about is literal bread. They've seen Jesus perform this amazing miracle, and all they want is the bread. They don't want a relationship with the one who can do the impossible, This whole story makes me think of a similar story in Luke chapter 5 when Simon Peter first decides to follow Jesus. And the setup is exactly the same here, but Simon's response is completely different from the crowds. In Luke chapter 5 verse 4 we read this, When Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boats 
the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. In our story, Jesus miraculously provided bread. In this story, Jesus miraculously provides fish. And for Simon Peter, who is a fisherman, who's been up all night trying to catch fish and has caught nothing, you would think after seeing all this fish, he would respond the same way as the crowd did who was fed by bread. Peter probably would have said, this is amazing. Give me more, Jesus, more fish, more fish. He might have seen Jesus as Santa Claus, as a genie in a bottle. I can ask Jesus for anything and he'll magically give it to me. Well, the crowd only saw literal bread, but Simon Peter sees more than just fish. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Simon gets it. Jesus can provide unlimited fish, guaranteed, but... Simon sees something that is more valuable, and that's Jesus himself. Simon, seeing this miracle, should have responded like the crowd. Look at all this fish. Give me more fish. Give me more fish. But instead, he responds with shame and guilt. He doesn't see Jesus as Santa Claus or as a genie in the bottle. He sees Jesus as the one who God sent to set his people free the one to give humanity the chance for eternal life. And Simon recognizes how deep that gulf has grown between him and his God. Through his life and his actions, Simon has separated himself from the good God. And now, in the presence of Jesus, it's time to come clean. Simon doesn't care about the fish because he's so sorry for everything he has done. And he is so sorry that he has broken this relationship with his God. Well, Jesus offers him something so much greater than fish. Jesus offers him forgiveness, reconciliation with God, freedom from guilt and shame and fear. And Jesus offers him new life. He set Simon on a path greater than the one he was going down, In Simon's sin, he was headed towards death and destruction. But Jesus lifts him up and sets him on a right path. From now on, you will fish for people. Simon has something greater now. You know, he's just been given this massive catch of fish. But it's nothing compared to following Jesus. Simon and his partners, they pull their boats up on shore. They pull all these fish up on shore, this amazing load, and then they just leave it. They left it all behind. They left everything to follow Jesus. If you don't know Jesus or are new to hearing about Jesus, he is offering to you this morning the bread of life himself. Bread that will nourish you, 
bread that will satisfy you, bread that will strengthen you, bread that will change you forever. But it's not earthly bread. It's a relationship with Jesus. Jesus wants to come into your life. He wants to dwell inside you, dwell with you. He wants to transform you from the inside out and lead you to satisfaction, to fulfillment, to newness of life. So as Jesus invites you, come to him and enter into a mutual relationship with him today. He so desperately loves you and he wants what is best for you. Now, if you do know Jesus or you've been following him, maybe you've been following him for a long time. I want you to ask yourself this question right now. Why am I following him? What am I doing here? What do I want out of all of this? Are you following Jesus because you just want your wishes fulfilled? Are you following him because you just want your business to succeed? Or or you just want him to keep you safe from sickness and harm? Are you following Jesus just because you want more bread? Or are you following him because you want to be with him? Because he is more important, more valuable than your reputation, than your accomplishments, than your personal well-being. Knowing Jesus is so much greater than anything we could ever ask for or imagine. He is the source of all life. He is the creator of all that is good. After Jesus gave this teaching on how he's the bread of life, it says that most of the crowd left and stopped following him. It was just too difficult. They couldn't understand what he was saying. And then Jesus turned to his disciples and he said to them, What about you? Do you want to leave me too? And Simon Peter responded, This is the one who left the mountain of fish behind to follow Jesus. He responds by saying, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. Brothers and sisters, I have great news for you this morning. The creator of all that is good and right and beautiful in this world is here with us this morning. And he's extending an invitation to you to follow him and have your relationship with God restored. He's extending to you an invitation to come clean and confess your mistakes to him. An invitation to let go of everything that is leading you away from goodness, from healing, from life. Jesus is extending to you an invitation to join him on a higher calling. Jesus chooses you to follow him. And you're not chosen because of how great you are because of how much you've achieved or accomplished, you are chosen because of how great He is. You are chosen because He is the Creator and you are His creation. You are His daughters and His sons, the ones that He would never leave or abandon or forsake. You are loved by Him and no matter how far you've walked away from Him, He will still pursue you. He still wants you in His life. 
And he has done and will do everything in his power to purify you, to restore you, to heal you, to reconcile you back to God, to empower you to be all that you were created to be in him. And now we have a choice to make. The same choice that that crowd made, the same choice that Simon Peter had to make, Do we continue to go down our destructive path of selfishness? Or do we leave everything behind and follow Jesus, the bread of life? Amen.